Welcome to Checking In, a Lodging DEI chat. I'm your studio host, Oren Stewart. Thank you all for joining us today. We have a great episode in store. Stay tuned. Again, thank you for joining us here at Checking In. I'm your studio host, Oren Stewart. Now it's time to introduce our hosts of the show, Miranda and Leon. How are you both? Doing great. Hi. Hey, Oren. Everything is great. Everything is good. Hey, Miranda, how you doing? I'm doing time. awesome and happy Mardi Gras. I got my beads. I got my non-alcoholic beverage in my Mardi Gras cup. Okay. But see, you the last show you talked to me about props, right? You're like, <laughs> why do you have the, these things around? And so, as you were going through, like, show me again your Mardi Gras. Go ahead, go through your whole deal again. What do you have? I've there? got my beads and my Mardi Gras cup. I am ready. I'm a Louisiana girl. Ah, uh, okay. See, you're you're ready. I'm looking around, and I don't. <laughs> I mean, I have a tripod. Does that count? <laughs> No. <laughs> no. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Well, give me one more. And then, then how about a set of binoculars? How about a. No. Okay. Well, forget it then. I guess I'm not in. Okay. I'm I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you can still laissez les bon temps rouler with me. Say that again. Laissez les bon temps rouler. Let the good times roll. Okay. Yes. Let the good times roll. Yes. Let, let's do that. Right on. <laughs> So here we are, episode number... 19! 19, yes. We How cool are, is that? That is so cool. Yes, thank you for, for being my partner in this. I'm having such a, a great time doing this, this show thank with you. Thank you, me too. And it all started with one little LinkedIn message. One little message. The power of networking. If you don't believe it works, folks, we're here. Contact Miranda. Contact me. And we'll tell you the, the whole story about how, how this all came about and the importance Absolutely. of networking. And Miranda, I have to share share this one with you. So I was I was in a restaurant that a friend manages. Okay. Okay. And he comes up to me and he says, Do you do a show? Uh I got, yeah, I do several shows. He says, No, no, no. I mean, there there's one that's really kind of touching on restaurants a little bit. Like, yeah, you're talking about a lodging DEI chat. He says, yeah. He says, you know what? My chef watches it. Nice. And I'm like, yes, this is awesome. great. This is great. This is great. So the, the chef comes out and gives a quick hello and, you know, and all of that. And I love the show and he's sharing it with folks. So, yeah, it's pretty cool when you, when I, you hear I, that. I have to share with you that I was just at an academic conference in Las Vegas last week, and I had several people come up to me and tell me that they love the work we're doing. So, wow, how cool! People is that? are listening. Yeah, and that is. Want great. to be on the show? Yes, that is great to hear. So, for episode nineteen, tell us about our our guest today. Oh, our guest today is a very near and dear friend. She is um, not just a friend, but also a co-author with me on several manuscripts we publish in the same field. Dr. Lisa Kane. Yeah. Hey. Hello. Thank you for being here. 
Thank you so much for inviting me to be on this show. I'm so honored and excited to be here. I am one of those people at the conference you are at who does watch this um, DEI podcast, and I absolutely love it. Um, and I'm I'm truly delighted to be here. So thank you. And thank thank you. you. Thanks for being with us. Where's your Where are your beads and mug and all of that stuff? You didn't bring all those things with you. Oh, or? you know I, I have a, a Candyland piece. If okay, I, all right, we'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. We'll, we'll go with that. It's the right color. It's a Marty. It's green. So yeah, it's a good. That's one. right. I'll take it. It, it is green. Well, then wait a minute. Before we get started in a deeper in the conversation, does a green racquetball count? You know what? For you, yes. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Now I'm, I'm feeling. I'm feeling pretty good. I feel like I wouldn't want to get hit with one at a parade, though. So. <laughs> I think you're right. Yes, you would not. You would not. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Lisa, I'm so glad that you're here with us um, because you are an expert in one of the areas that we like to talk about. So in female representation, um, can you tell us a little bit about the work that you do in that space? Absolutely. So um, my background is I actually went to a women's college um, and I happen to be a woman. So the topic is very near and dear to my heart. Um, but basically, um, I work with a group of women um, in the Women's Hospitality Initiative, and I also have other partnerships in, that I'm working with now, and, and we've sought to bridge this divide, fill the gap of women in C-suite and higher leadership roles, because there's a great number of women representation at the line level employment um, in the hospitality industry, but it's actually a very male dominated industry, particularly in restaurants, in the kitchen. Um, and so we sought to examine all of the factors that helped women who did make it to that C-suite level um, and, and identify and pinpoint what it is that helped them get from point A to point B. Um, so that we could start to remove those barriers to entry for the rest of the population. Um, there are studies that show the benefits of having a diversified portfolio of representation, both gender and otherwise, at the highest levels of the organization. Um, and so the, the goal is to start with people going into the field and making them aware that this is what it takes to get past that hurdle. This is what it takes to jump over that broken rung to make it to the higher levels of management. Um, and when they, they go in knowing these things, that knowledge becomes power and they can work to combat that, not just for themselves, but for their peers. Um, we have male advocates, we have women empowering women, and it's it's really exciting to see those aha moments and, and to really help um, encourage a greater diversification and representation in the managerial levels. So I think that's, that's absolutely fantastic. And I applaud you for doing that work. And I would imagine that a lot of the strategies that you're seeing for females to overcome or for women to overcome those challenges could be applied to other underrepresented groups. Absolutely. Um, I, I think all of the challenges across the board are similar because the social and cultural um, barriers that have been implemented either consciously or subconsciously are the same. So one of the things that we pinpointed, I heard you talking about this at the start of the show, was mentorship, right, and, and networking. So um, women are less likely to identify 
uh, mentors and to network as effectively because in part because they don't see people who look like them at the higher level so it can be more intimidating so the more female representation we have the more likely we will have female mentors be more comfortable in that mentorship mentee relationship um, but also knowing that there's a lack of female representation may encourage young women to go seek a male mentor and just be aware that that relationship is what is important and not necessarily the gender of the person who is the mentor and then paying it forward. The importance of knowing how important mentorship is and how important networking is and making sure that you're encouraging others to do the same. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. One of the things I was thinking about when um, listening to you describe some of the, the work that you do and research that you do is there's so many intersectionalities there, right? So you could have uh, a black woman who now needs a mentor or a black woman who needs to hear success stories from another female and, and how that's really helping that person grow, right? And so often in, in some areas we get so siloed into black, white, that we fail to see the intersectionalities of, of everything, the, the type of research that you're, that you're doing. Um, and you, you touched on it a little bit when you talked about uh, the idea be, behind networking, right? That's something that I hear lots of Blacks say that they, they're not good at networking, they don't know how to get started in it. Is there a, like, are there one or two points that you could tell us now that, that help one become better at networking and, and meeting others? What, what tips do you have for that? Well, I think the first is just an awareness of the importance of doing it, right? So, and and it's it's certainly a self-confidence thing. And that's one of the issues that we address is this um, lack of, in, in the case of the class, this lack of female self-confidence, right? So there's a statistic that says that um, if a for a woman to apply for the next level up in a job, if she doesn't meet nine out of 10 or 10 out of the 10 criteria, she isn't going to put her name forward, put her resume forward to be considered for that position. And this is all statistically speaking, this is not my opinion. Statistically speaking, if a man meets three of the requirements, for the same job, he will put his resume forward. And so to me, the first step is just that confidence building of it's okay to put myself out there. It's okay to, you know, to put my hand out and shake someone's hand and say, hi, my name is, right? Because that can be intimidating, particularly if no one in the room looks like me, whether you're the only white woman, you're the only black man, you're the only black woman, etc. Um, it's intimidating if you're the only one in the room who looks like you to put yourself out there. But the worst thing that happens is nothing comes of it, right? And the best thing that could happen is you have so much to gain from it because then you can establish those relationships that can help give you that entree into a new experience and a new environment and new opportunities. So I think the biggest hurdle is just that that confidence and overcoming that fear of rejection or the unknown or what happens if and putting all of that noise aside to put yourself out there. Yeah, that absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Uh, speaking of confidence, so I would imagine that this is especially difficult for, um, let's say, uh, first-generation college grads, our college students, right? 
Um, I know as a first-generation college graduate that I had no idea what professionalism was, how to network, much less the importance of it. I, I was absolutely intimidated to put myself out there in those spaces, didn't really know how, and I was very fortunate to have a mentor who helped build up that confidence. Um, it was a white man, but we love our white male allies, all of our allies. Um, where would you say you got your confidence from, or where would you advise someone to get theirs? What's a first step in building that confidence specifically for networking? I think specifically for networking, the first step is just, again, that awareness of that it is important and what this has the potential to do for you to grow. Um, to your point about the professionalism, I think that I think that the classroom is a really safe space for that. And that's why I crafted my class in the manner that I have. So to Leon's point, I do try to bring in people who are topical experts, but who also look different from me because I only have my lived experience as a white woman, right? So I have other ethnic, ethnic backgrounds that inform who I am um, as part of my identity, but they're not visible. So from, from the naked eye, I am a white woman. I bring in other women who have different ethnic backgrounds and you know, we have a Filipino guest speaker, we have a Hispanic guest speaker, we have um, an, a, a woman from China, we have Black women who come in and speak to the class. And so now I have students who see someone like me is here talking and they have access to ask questions in a safe space where it's okay. There is no wrong question. There is no dumb question. They're encouraged to ask questions and engage. And to me, what it does is it levels the playing field and makes other people also seem approachable because they have the opportunity to network in this safe space to, to ask the questions and to see it will be received in a friendly and kind and welcoming manner. It will be answered. They will answer you outside of the classroom. They will get back to you. And if we can use the classroom as a networking safe space, I think that then opens up the door for them to network in business and in other areas of their life. And so, you know, there's there's a huge power that we have in academia at the high school level, at the college level, et cetera, where we can create these safe spaces for learning and to, and to really test the waters with getting a little bit outside of our comfort zone, knowing that there will not be any negative ramifications and that someone will be there to help us and guide us and protect us if we do take a misstep and to give us guidance for how to ask the question in a more professional manner or to present ourselves in a different way if, if that is something that is desired. So that's, that's a great answer. Yeah. Folks, I'm Leon Thomas here with our co-host, Miranda Kitterton-Lynch, and our guest for today here on Checking In and Lodging DEI Chat is Dr. Lisa Kane. We're talking about her classes and research that that she's done courses that she's taught lisa let's step step away from this part of the conversation just for a minute no miranda we're not going to <laughs> that question yet not yet but it, it, it's early. coming it's coming all right you're like no not yet will we cut this short today no. you know i just noticed i'm not wearing a watch <laughs> it's nothing to do with the show but i'm like <laughs> that happen? But anyway, Lisa, tell us some things about you. So away from this stuff, 
what do you like to do? What are some, what are some, some hobbies? What are some passions you have? Well, I really enjoy running um, for whatever reason. That is something that helps me to compartmentalize my thoughts, clear my head, makes me feel better. I always am a happier, better person at the start of the day if I've gotten a run in or some kind of physical exercise. So that's something that I'm really passionate about. Um, I really enjoy spending time with my two kids. I have a seven-year-old and a five-year-old. They keep me on my toes. They keep me um, engaged. They're both very um, entertaining. They're funny. Uh, I never realized how funny little kids were, but the one-liners that come out of their mouths, I swear, if I followed them with a the camera, I would be insta-famous because they are just hilarious. Yeah. Um, and I, I enjoy spending time um, with my husband on the golf course occasionally. I'm not a good golfer, but he is, and it's fun to just spend time with him. So, Right on. Yeah, so now, do you, do you want to hear my golf story, or do you want to go deeper in the running? Your choice. Ooh. Do we have to golf? pick? Could we have both? Oh, no, no, no. We have time considerations here. <laughs> Maybe when you come back on the show, when, you, when you're when you a guest, we can talk about the other. Well, which would you one. prefer to start with? Let's oh, do no. That. Come on. No, we can't. <laughs> we'll we'll jump. You got to pick one. You got to pick one. <laughs> All right. Let's do running. All right. Let's do running. Here we go. I've run two half marathons, right? Baltimore Marathon in 2007 and Baltimore Marathon in 2018, right? And the, you know what, what I've found is that the training is, is, is the hardest part. Race day is nothing, right? If, you, if you've put the training in, like so many other disciplines, right? If you put the training in, but all right, so check it out. <clears throat> I'm in the Baltimore Half Marathon back in 2018. My wife and I are running this thing together. She's having a blast and I said, honey, looking forward to running another half marathon with you. And she says, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like at mile nine. We get to mile 11 and we have to go around a lake, like a two and a half mile lake and come out of that and go up some hills. And she says, I'm not doing this again, Leon, ever, <laughs> ever. So in two and a half miles, we went from, yeah, 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 this is great to, I ain't doing this anymore. But you're not divorced. We're, so. we're, we're not divorced. <laughs> we're, we're not divorced. But uh, it, it's because I haven't asked her to run another half marathon, probably <laughs> while we're while we're still married. Yeah. So she'll watch this show and it's like, what did I tell people that for? What did you have to tell them? And I want to say to my, our producer, Oren, if you have my wife's number, please don't force her to watch this show. Don't send her a text, Oren. You got that? Okay, good. Thanks, Oren. Okay. <laughs> I'm done. There's the half marathon story. Next time, Lisa, you'll hear the golf story. Good. <laughs> I love it. Uh, and good for you guys. I don't know if I'd run to save my life. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Classic. So, I love it. Lisa, do you want to tell us a little bit about some of your research in women in leadership? Or would you like to share more about your class? Or do you want to do both? Um, I'm happy to do both. I'm really passionate about the class, actually, because it, it to me, it just is such a difference maker in terms of giving our young men and women the knowledge and the information that they need to go into industry, because 
I, I can reach 40 to 50 of them at a time, and then they can in turn take that information, share it with their, their mentors, their bosses, their peers, their subordinates, and it just seems to have such traction and legs. And the thing that I love about the class, like I said, is they have this opportunity to meet these women who have already broken that glass ceiling and jumped over that broken rung. And they do look diverse. They come from diverse backgrounds. And so it creates this level of equity. Our students all have access to these really high-powered, influential, and really motivational speakers. And it's, it's so inspiring to them. I know that because I get student feedback on every single speaker. And so I hear about how these women and men inspire these young new hospitality professionals. And it's, it's so nice because it doesn't matter if they come from an affluent family or not. It doesn't matter what their background is. They now have access to people they wouldn't otherwise have access to. And they get to then stay in touch with them. All of my speakers leave their contact information. And they've shared with me that several students have reached out. There are job opportunities for our students through each of these discussions. And so it's really exciting to know that that all of these opportunities are being presented in addition to this really powerful self-esteem building class that allows them access to this really important information. So the class is really special for me. I, I get a lot of warm and fuzzies from, from teaching it and from sharing this information semester over semester and just giving our students access to these really high-powered professionals that they wouldn't otherwise necessarily get access to for perhaps years to come. So I do love that. And could you remind our listeners, who, what's the name of the class? It's called Women in Hospitality Leadership. So I love it. It's, uh, it's awesome. Yeah. And do you think that your guest speakers would mind you sharing some of your, some of the names of some of your favorite speakers? Oh, well, they're all your favorite. <laughs> they're all fantastic. Um, one of, so we have a few that have been on every single semester through across all of the classes. Dr. Mary Choi Kelly is one. She is phenomenal. Her lived experiences are truly inspiring. Um, Elizabeth Blau is a restaurateur and consultant. She's, um, she is just a force. The information that she shares is so practical and pragmatic, and it's it's really exciting to just kind of take it back to the basics and you know learn about not just the importance of mentorship, but the importance of a thank you note or a follow up, or you know just putting yourself out there and taking that risk. Um, Puna Mother is another one of our very regular guest speakers. She is the uh, she's involved with the Elaine P. Elaine P. Wynn and Family Foundation, and the way that she story tells is captivating. Her history is so rich and interesting. She's an Indian woman who grew up in Canada, lives in Las Vegas, has two black children, two white children. She is the epitome of someone who has lived a diverse life and. The way that she's able to convey her messages is captivating and motivational and uplifting. And I get excited every time I hear her speak. So it's and, and I know the students feel the same. And, and those are just three of my regulars. But we have we have everyone from um, Joanna James, who's the director of A Fine Line, the movie, come and talk to the class every every term. 
Um, we have um, Lorena Garcia come and talk to the class every term. So it's it's a really fun class and it's truly inspiring. That's awesome. You mentioned the importance of a thank you note and one of our previous guests, Rachel Humphrey, who you know, um, that's one of the things that she's very well known for throughout her career is that handwritten thank you note. Yes, Elizabeth emphasizes that. And I think it's a really valuable takeaway. Mm-hmm. Leon? So Lisa, let me ask you this. What's your favorite food? Yeah, my favorite food is sushi, I guess, as a group. Um, I don't really discriminate too much within that <laughs> category. <laughs> All right, now let's dig a little deeper on that. Right. Have you ever had a, a Maryland crab cake? I have had a Maryland crab cake, and it is amazing. Where? Um, well, so one of my husband's dear friends is a member at the Baltimore Country Club, and we got to go oh. have lunch there. <laughs> oh! <laughs> that fancy crab cake. Oh. I had a crab cake. But we also had a... a I Cree conference in Baltimore and we had several and there are bad ones. They're really delicious. That's yeah. where I had my first crab cake. So yeah. we're legit. You're, le- you're legit. You had a real Maryland crab cake at that country club. So you, you had the real deal, right? That's good. Cause we, we've had some, we had a guest on who said they had a Maryland crab cake at a barbecue joint in Kansas. (laughs) Shut up. That ain't real. I thought Leon was going to pass out. (laughs) Oh man, that was, that was really bad. So I'm glad you, I'm glad you've had a real Maryland crab cake. In Maryland. In Maryland. In Baltimore even. (laughs) Yes. So Again, another reason to bring you back on the show. You've qualified. You've checked off two of the boxes, you know, <laughs> and you're and you're a friend with the the host too. So you're you're just <laughs> so that that's great that you you've had that that Maryland crab cake. All right, good deal. That that part's over. Miranda, back. <laughs> you have time for one question or two? Yeah, we can go with two. Okay. Um, so, what would you want young women to know? One thing that you would want young women to know as they enter into the industry or as they progress and seek those promotions and movements, et cetera. Uh, the one thing I would want them to know is that a no is not necessarily a bad thing and it's not permanent. So if you put your, it's important to put yourself out there and it's important to apply for that job. And instead of looking at it as I only meet three of the 10 criteria, look at it as an opportunity for growth and to say, I can now grow into this role. If you meet nine of 10 criteria for a job, then there's, you're not really growing into it. You're already qualified for it. You're already doing that job basically, or you have all the skill set, and there's not room for growth. But if you apply for it and you get a no, follow up and there will be other opportunities that present themselves. It's not a knock on you. This wasn't the right opportunity at the right time. And that's okay. But it shouldn't, your self-worth should not be tied up in that that penultimate yes or no answer. You there will be other opportunities and go for those as well. And don't be afraid to go for that stretch job because then that will allow you to grow into the role. So that's my I love my that. That's really powerful. So let me ask you this. What would you go back and tell your 20-year-old self? Oh, gosh. Only one thing. 
I'd probably tell myself that because <laughs> I think I, I hesitated on quite a few things. But at the same time, I wouldn't change anything because then I might not be where I am today. And I'm so happy now. So there's that. That's fair. Very fair. <laughs> Leon? You know, you, you talked about the importance of mentorship as we as we come to a close of the show you talked about the importance of mentorship and i was thinking about some of my my mentors and i had some who here sit down let me show you how right i had one boss who said you're going with me to this event and you're going to sit there and shut up and listen <laughs> right i said well i don't want to go do that and he said that's nice this is what you're going to do and wear a suit you got to look professional, right? So <clears throat> we show up there and I went with him like three times to this industry event. The fourth time he says, you're in charge. You're representing our company now. Wow. I said, but I've never done this before. And he says, that's good. That's the only way for you to learn is to go out there and do it. Go and I'm here to support you. I right? love that. And, well, and yeah. I think so often we need that mentor that that pushes you out, but is standing there supporting you. And I heard you you talk about that, that some is one of your themes and some of the things that we talked about. And as I was listening to you, I thought about my my experiences in that. So yeah, thank you for that reminder. And also it's gonna help me to now help others and, and become a mentor to others. So thank you, Lisa. Thank you for spending time with us and for sharing all that. Thank you. Yes, well, thank you for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Well, you can always come back too. I yeah. I would be honored to. Yeah. I'd be You're delighted. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, uh, Lisa, before you go, how can our listeners get in touch with you? Um, sure. So I have my LinkedIn um, profile, and you can certainly send me a message through that, um, and I'll promptly reply as quickly as I can. I'm very active on LinkedIn, so I look forward to connecting with some of you. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right, great. Thank you again for being with us. Let's go back to our studio host, Oren. Hello, yes, Oren. How are you both? What a great show as usual, as always. Thank you once again for joining us here at Checking In, a Lodging DEI chat. I'm your studio host, Oren Stewart. Please continue to stay tuned. We have another great episode coming to you shortly. Take care. <laughs>